And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Dekeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Partnow. Hello and welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. It's Friday and I'm Dave Dufour and of course that means it's Nerder. She Wrote. Joining me as always, my good buddies, Mo DeKeel and Seth Partnow. What's up, guys? Not a whole lot, Dave. This is literally the dog days of summer. It's the dog days, but we actually finally have stuff that's happened. Some some interesting, some bad, some I, I'm ambivalent about in either direction. Um, but we can jump right in if you guys want. Uh, I, I guess let's start with the bad. And, and this sucks. Chet Holmgren course got hurt we got the news today from Sham Sharania that it's a Liz Frank injury he's gonna have surgery this is this is it's bad news right like this sucks he's gonna miss his whole rookie year and it was a freak play he was playing in the pro-am he was actually guarding LeBron in transition he just stepped weird and, and suffered the injury um so everyone please hold off on your this is why GMs didn't want to draft this guy take this is uh you know Feet are fragile, actually. So missing a year, we already thought OKC was going to be bad. This means they're going to be worse. You guys got any any takes here on Chet missing a season? Uh, I I sort of made made jokes about. Uh, I think I said wobble for Wemby, and uh, and I think someone, I think it's Phil Barnett on Twitter, came back with Winband for Wemban, and I think that's I think that's <laughs> I think that's right. I think you know. On one hand, you're 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 sad because you want this guy to be on the court and you you know want them to do well. On the other hand, like this is a you know the, the presumptive number one pick last year looks like a generational talent and you know can't be like upping your chances of that isn't isn't the worst thing, especially if you're in like max rebuild mode. Yeah, I would. Here's the thing. It's just like I was disappointed because the Thunder were going to be fun this year, right? Like this was going to be a fun Thunder team and whatever. We can argue whether they should tank or not again or whatnot. I don't think they should. I think they should have started now that they got had Chet, assuming healthy, would it would have been a, a good time to, you know, actually probably try to win games. But now they're in a different scenario with this. And I mean, it just sucks. There's, I mean, it's hard to say much else in that sense, but I think. The important thing here is is we're going to see a whole backlash now to the Pro-Am games. And I think that's going to be kind of stupid um, in the sense of like these dudes can get hurt anywhere. You know, not just in Pro-Am games. They go, you know, this was always a concern when guys would go play for their national team. Literally, as we're talking, Giannis and Jokic are going at each other in, in, in I think, somewhere in Serbia. They're, or yeah, wherever. they're in Belgrade, yeah. When they're in Belgrade right now. We know Luca's playing in that tournament. Like there's a, a 
there's always a risk to it. There's also a risk when these de- these guys are playing in the, the practice runs. There's always a risk with all of this stuff. It's just this is an unfortunate scenario. I just don't want to see people start throwing a backlash now at, at the crossover or the Drew League or anything like that. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of folks that have brought up the love of the game clause. And the truth is, man, all right, yes, that's part of it. That's allow, That's what allows them to play in the national team games and the, the pickup runs and, and stuff like that. But basketball players play basketball. It's how you get better at basketball. And occasionally you get hurt. If this had happened in training camp, it's the exact same conversation from an injury perspective, from what happened. Oh, okay. Hey, he was, you know, he was guarding in transition, stepped weird, got injured. The pro-am is just the place. Now we could we could say, hey, it was a wet floor or whatever. I don't think the floor being wet had anything to do with that. Also, that could play. happen anywhere too. My literally my first practice at the facility after I got hired by the Bucks, like they're doing a they're doing like a movement, like a side to side shooting drill, and Chris Middleton finds a wet spot. His foot slips out. He does a splits and tears his hamstring and is is out for the the you know for for half the season. And it's, you know, that that was in the most controlled environment possible. Injuries happen, guy. It's just at the end of the day, it's just bad luck in in that sense. And I think that's something that, you know, it's nobody wants to hear it or really kind of talk about it. But it's just uh, it's shitty. What? There's not much else we can really dive into in terms of, I think, reading too much into it as a team. Well, people people go in the full bust route, bringing up Greg Oden. It's like, all right, man, you're doing a little bit too much. Greg and Oden was very it's, good when it's he all, played. So, like, that's, you know. Yes. <laughs> I know, man. Listen, it's uh, plenty of guys in recent memory have gotten hurt prior to their rookie year and missed the whole season. Blake Griffin missed his whole rookie year. Joel Embiid. You know, this is <laughs> MVP candidates. <laughs> um, I, I just think, like, going straight from – Oh, well, we're worried this guy might be injury prone because he's skinny to, oh, see, look, he hurt his foot. I mean, I don't know, man. If it had been an ankle sprain, would we be saying the same thing? I I don't think so. Um, As far as for Chet and his career goes, missing a season, I don't think it's the worst thing. I mean, you know, he's still going to be around the team. He's going to be in the weight room, though. And, you know, for a guy whose body was such a large topic of conversation or (laughs) small topic of conversation um you know this is really bad there could oh, be i know bad, i know there, there could Come be a, a little bit of a hidden benefit here is what i'm getting at from a from a body perspective well yeah i mean there's there's always that right getting acclimated through the okay this is what nba life is kind of like a little bit you know being on the planes and around that stuff and and things like that so there's always that sort of deal with it where you know it's going to be different once he starts playing anyways but he he almost gets a gap year and try to like an introduction into it a little bit watching it from afar as he goes through things but like i just don't know if he even has the frame to really put on a ton of weight like i just don't know if that's going to be a a a real big thing the scary thing is if he gets fat which i don't think is going to happen but i don't think he's got the frame for getting fat he's got he's got a foot injury and next thing you know he's like whoa (laughs) it looks like hey kool-aid man the the one issue is like yeah he needs to add strength but it's you do foot injury do you want to add right so it's so that so i I think i actually don't think he's gonna bulk up i i think that it's more of a kevin durant situation where it's uh, and, and chet is 
Right. And Chet is fairly wiry as far as his strength goes. Like you can see his strength. It's just that he gets moved off of his spot because, you know, he's light in the ass. And that's just it's just how it's going to be. And this is where using, you know, you learn how to use your body a little bit. You develop some more strength, get, you know, some more strength in your hips. But I don't think he's ever going to be he's not going to be Joel Embiid size. It's just not going to be a thing for him. Um, But Kevin Durant got stronger. Uh, in the league, but you know, the, yeah, but you know what the problem is. Every time people bring up the Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram size, they play two different positions. This is a dude that's going to be expected to be in the paint from time to time and banging with guys. He's going to have to guard a Joel Embiid, a Nikola Jokic, and stuff. And yeah, they're few and far between. But he's going to have to be able to bang with that. Like at some point, he's going to have to put on some weight. He's never going to be huge. He's never going to be the Hulk or anything like that or anything massive. But, like, he does have to, at some point, put on weight. Like you said, he's light in the ass, so he doesn't get pushed off positions and things like that. We were I was watching it in Summer League where, like, he would roll down the rim and somebody would bump him, and there goes the lob attempt. And I think there's there's those things there. So it's a little bit different. So, like, when people say, like, KD's a wing. KD came in the league as a wing. And, you know, Brandon Ingram, wing. Like, those guys can get away with being massively skinny, I think, versus a guy that's going to play the 4-5 position, even though it's – Position has changed over time. You still got to get in there and bang. You still got to get in there and rebound and things like that. There's going to be a lot more expected also, from KD, him in terms like, of banking than those. One guys. of the the issues is is sort of the the the, the hips and, and and Katie's just a better mover. Like one of my sort of worries about Chet coming in was how much of a two footed jumper he is, and you know and and to to get mm-hmm. that sort sort of more you know single foot balance, you would need to get more more kind of strength in that area. So that, so not getting the full year in a, you know, probably of limited year in, in that kind of program, because it's going to be much more sort of rehab focused, I would think than true mobility work. I think that there's a, there's a loss there. I mean, there's definitely a loss. I mean, the guy's going to be out the entire year, it, it, just in the terms of what you're talking about, just moving your body. And that stuff, there's definitely a massive loss and, and going through that rehab like this isn't, let's put it to you this way. It's in August and they're like, yo, he's not going to be out. He's going to be out till next August. That's a long time before he's doing stuff on the court again. And I think that's something you got to look at in terms of a loss for them. Yeah. I mean, I look, I, with this sort of injury, football players go through it a little, little bit more often than basketball guys do. But it, it's a four to six months recovery table. And then he's going to, you know, rehab slash prehab, I'm assuming, uh, before next season. So, you know, this is the year. And, and but the silver lining is this is not something that should hamper him long term. I mean, he's just this is where having that more slender frame probably is a good thing. Right. Like he, it, this is not. This is something he should recover from is, you know, what my gathering is of reading about the Liz Frank injury um, a little bit more extensively this morning. So that's good news. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Other good news. I I think this is a good thing, guys, because we want the Lakers to be good because we're going to have to talk about them no matter what. So I'd rather they have a better team. Right. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on the team. We're going to talk about the Lakers and they made a trade. Thank goodness for the late August trade. They got Pat Beverly in exchange for Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Now, it it begs some interesting questions, guys. Does this mean Russell Westbrook is coming off the bench? Or is he being moved? This is, um, it's a fascinating chemistry play if they're not moving Russell Westbrook. I'm not exactly sure what to make of that, but they got better because Patrick Beverly is a much better player than the two guys they traded out. They got better because they got a basketball player. Like, let's just be honest. Like, when you look at the the team that they have, like, there's bereft of talent. I hope I used that word correctly. Hopefully I did. Um, but, you know, when you look at what the, uh, uh, you know, Jovan Buha of the Athletic wrote a piece and, and, and gave up the starting five, <laughs> you know, they're closing, they're closing five. And it was LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves, Taylor Horton Tucker. And I have no idea who else. I think it was Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> Troy Brown Jr. It was like, but literally just Damian Jones. Like, it's literally just going like, okay, who? And this is going to be the closing. This is going to be your closing this is the most important thing, not about starting, but who closes games. These are the guys that make a difference. So obviously they get better because, you know, Patrick Beverly jumps in there. Um, how much better they got. I'm, I still just look at them going like, OK, cool. Enjoy the playing tournament. Like, I don't see you being that much better to the point where I feel like you jump. The questions of Westbrook is really where it gets interesting. Seth, like, could they could they play them together? <laughs> no. That won't uh, happen, right? I, I mean, mean we'll, we'll, th- this is the ultimate test. I think we're gonna are, are, we're gonna talk at some point about how you deal with like healing interpersonal stuff. Uh, that yeah. feels like uh, the the bridge is too low for there to be the water to go under it between these two players. Going back eight years, I mean, yeah, yeah, a long time. Well, when I was mean, the meniscus? Incident. I think that was either when they knocked the the 13 or 14 playoffs. Yeah, Uh, that's that's a pretty significant thing to try to get over, in my opinion. Um, You know, if Russ felt like he was intentionally injured, I I just don't know that you would ever get over it. And these guys have had beef forever. So that being said, I I guess that Russ is not going to be there, right? I, I've always thought Russ was never going to be there at the start of the, the season. But one thing I want to say, even if he is there, you can theoretically play them together because at least Beverly can, has gotten better as a three-point shooter, as a spot-up guy. So at least it's not to the point where they're both non-shooters and things like that. I just don't think you could play Russ. That's a whole other <laughs> issue in general. But, the, uh, but you can theoretically play those two together if Russ is still there. The question is, you know, what what do you do about Russ? How do you move off of him? We know there's that talk, you know, the the deal has been dead for a while, but Indiana with Buddy Heald and, and Miles Turner for for Russ and draft picks and things like that. I'll be honest with you guys. So I was surprised this trade happened only because I thought the Lakers were going to jump in as a third third team in the Donovan Mitchell trade. 
And I was hoping they were going to get Beverly and Bogdanovich, right? Like I was hoping they were going to find a way. Then I'm like, okay, now that's a little bit more of an interesting team in that scenario. Now I'm kind of looking at it going like, all right, well, where's where's the next move coming? But the wherever we look, it's going to be Russ. Well, the healed and, the healed and Turner uh, option, right? Like adding those guys to the lineup. I mean, healed makes sense as a shooter, but man, you have no wing defense whatsoever. In that scenario, Lonnie Walker, what are you doing? Why are you Why are you trashing Lonnie Walker? I mean, spent six million well, on Lonnie don't Walker. Don't what, do what are you well, doing? But, no, no, no. But that, I, thought, I thought that was for shooting. <laughs> I, I really thought that was for shooting. Um, the Lonnie Walker deal, uh, even though he's like a thirty percent three point shooter. But I like healed makes sense as an offensive piece. Um, you know, Miles Turner, I, I think he's a fantastic rim protector. And with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Miles Turner, that's a ton of rim protection. But who's guarding on the wing if you make that deal? I mean, listen, losing Stanley Johnson is a little bit of a bigger deal in this trade than than it ought to be for a team that has, you well, know, yeah, I mean, I think at least that playoff I mean, the fact that you say, man, they're going to miss mean, Stanley Johnson. I think that, yeah. That says everything. <laughs> that's if it was yeah. Stanley Johnson, it was the <laughs> that's who's guarding the wing. That's your hope. It's a, a all right, y'all. You can start planning. Can we, for can we flip this around? I want to talk about the Utah side of this <laughs> trade. I was okay. gonna, that's where so, I was heading. Uh, Let's do it. You know, Go when ahead. it first came out, I was like, okay, what picks? And then there were no picks. And then I'm still thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't actually, I still like. Would it have been cool if they'd have gotten a pick? Sure, but I don't actually hate it for them. Like Beverly's in an expiring. They're, I think, fairly clearly turning the page. Yep. Horton Tucker has talent. It's not like it would be unprecedented for a player to a young player to leave a LeBron team and flourish. So I don't I don't hate it. Like they like, okay, like Horton Tucker's maybe yeah. maybe his his contract isn't great, but Utah kind of doesn't care. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like, do you want to like, they're does, trying it, like, to be bad is, on is purpose? Two years of Taylor Horton Tucker now. Would you rather have like a 2029 first or that? Yeah, I, I actually would rather have Taylor Horton Tucker, to be honest with you. I, I think that what what we saw from him early on, we didn't see, you know, last season. Right. And that was that was the thing. Is he, he looked so bad, especially in comparison to Alex Caruso, who they gave up essentially to to keep Taylor Horton Tucker. But he's still a pretty good – he's an okay player, and, and he needs the ball in his hands, I think, to be a little bit more effective on offense. Uh, let's see if he can grow his game some. But he's young, man. I, I, I'm with you, Seth. I don't hate it. It's it's definitely worth the flyer for Utah, even if they're not getting picks out of it. It's just, you know, hey, we're going to be bad. We want to suck for a while. I'm um, talking about Webb and Miyama because everybody's going to yeah. keep kind of tanking for him. You know, um, and – they got off, you know, Patrick Beverly did not want to be there if they were going to tank. He was kind of already sort of whispering that stuff, you know, things on Twitter and things like that. So, you know, you kind of just figured, OK, this is going to happen at some point. Beverly is going to be gone. Other veterans will be gone for Utah. This is fine. Hey, let's take a flyer. Let's see what he is. Let's develop him for the next couple of years. We're not going to be good. So if he sucks, that works out great for us. If he's pretty good, at least he's under contract for a couple of years and we got a, a, a potential building block or Another piece we could spin off later to get something for. So I think that's the kind of stuff. I, in general, am not very high on on Taylor Horton Tucker. Gotten a good look at him up front. 
had that phenomenal preseason run and hasn't really done much since. Like I, It's hard to just kind of even say, what is he? Can't really shoot, doesn't really defend, gets to the rim, doesn't finish well because he's always trying to do an acrobatic finish with all of these things. Like I, I, I look at him a lot and I go like, what is he? Doesn't work for a team like the Lakers. For Utah, they have time now to go find out what he He is. also might be the perfect high-volume replacement when they trade Donovan Mitchell to get you into that number one lotto spot. I mean, because he's, as of right now, he's not a good player. Like, he's fine. I think he's got some some talent that that might be there. But like you said, the lack of shooting, um, that it's glaring. He's he still, he needs to have the ball in his hands to be effective. on opening night. It's, yeah. I mean, he came yeah, to the yeah. league very young. He's a baby still. He, it's the money. I mean, Let's be honest. It's the money. If he didn't make the money that he made, we would we would all probably be a little it, bit it, more patient. It's not patient. the money. It's not the money. It's the giving up of Caruso. Okay, yes. Okay. To yes. Get it. But also, but but also it's not just too. that. Yeah, but it's also not willing to include him in a trade to get Kyle Lowry the year before. Right? Like there's I forgot a lot about of, that. I forgot. There is, it's, 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 if you think about it this way, when you look at it in terms of the Lakers side – terrible asset management in this sense, right? Like this guy, you would, could have gotten you a guy like Kyle, Kyle Lowry. You weren't interested in that. You made the trade off of him over Caruso for financial decisions. And now you're getting Patrick Beverly, who's basically an older and probably worse Caruso. I mean, like you're in a, a it's just a really interesting scenario with what you're watching with that. And I just look at the Lakers again, yeah, going like, so right, like front office to, does it again. To, Turn a, a dollar into eighty-five cents. <laughs> Seventy-five cents. Let's be honest. Now it's not. They didn't get the dime out of that. They just got three quarters. I, I think if you could run it back and ask him, would you rather have Pat Beverly or Alex Caruso? That Caruso would hands down be the guy that they'd rather have, especially at this point. You wouldn't even have to worry about the Caruso Westbrook rift. He's such a perfect <laughs> connector too, and and it's, it's that's I mean, a guy the one that, thing you would say. Use. And I mean, this, this matter probably matter would matter more if they were actually good. Is I think Beverly's a better shooter. Like he's a better spot up. He's a better spot up shooter. Um, yeah. I think I think at this point Caruso is a substantially better defender. But in terms of a guy playing off of LeBron, I, th- I do think. Beverly, if if somehow you you okay between LeBron, AD, and Beverly, there were you know someone better than Austin Reeves, who you know I think will will do good things for them this year. But he's like their next best perimeter guy. Like if there were if there are two competent NBA wings, if there was Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell Pope, perhaps uh, like then all of a sudden that's a t- Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. Contavious Caldwell Pope, Pope and Alex. Poop. Yeah, I did say poop. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's summer. And uh and Alex Caruso. Um in addition to LeBron, Anthony Davis, I mean like that's a pretty good team. I mean, that's, man. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a team that's that won a, a title solid, basically solid with Danny Green instead team. of KCP. So that's right. Right. Yeah. I, and and at this point, you know, especially because he's hurt, but KCP's an upgrade. Like I, I just I don't know, man. It's it's a if you were to go back through the moves since the bubble. I'd be hard pressed to find a really good one, uh, but I do like this trade for the Lakers. I one thing I think this was a good trade for the Lakers. I don't want to. I know we kind of just poo-pooed yeah, we're just a making fun bit, of them. Patrick, we Contavious Caldwell poo pooed him. Yeah, there you go. Okay, now it's a forced joke. Um, th- I like the move for Beverly. He's a good fit for them. LeBron and AD. Every like he he fits in need of what they need. You, you know the hole that they need to fill. I'll push back a little bit. Not every move after the bubble 
Because I thought after the bubble, even though they kind of changed things around, if they went into the, that playoffs healthy, I think it's a whole different story. Uh, every, but the but the biggest one is the Westbrook trade. At the end of the day, that's just the 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 move that we're all looking at, going like, "What the hell are you doing?" Because it costs you so many pieces, and I think that's really the the scenario with it. But after they won the championship, we can argue you should have brought it run it back. I understood the line of thinking. If they were healthy that year, I think it's we're we're, we're looking at it differently. Yeah, the health the health stuff has been rough on them. I mean, both LeBron and Anthony Davis have kind of had had issues staying on the court and being a hundred percent when they were out there. So uh, that's a good point, Mo. Uh, very fair. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And finally, guys, the Nets-Kevin Durant saga is over. He's been... Oh, no, wait. No. He's rescinded the trade request. They've worked it out. The Nets and the boardroom put out a joint statement saying that we're working it all out Continue and we're going to run this thing back. I'm assuming that means Kyrie. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't a contract divorce. You know, we don't have those in the NBA. But 
it does seem like all parties are going to try to make a go of it. And uh, it means that this is the last time we have to talk about this stuff, right? <laughs> How's Steve Nash going to handle this, guys? Like, I want to start there. How is Nash going to handle coming in to coach the – I mean, and from what I could gather, he and KD had a good relationship, at least up till they were working together. And um, I, I'm just curious, like – how does this how does this work? I I think that's all overblown, if you want my honest opinion. I think when it comes to coaches, first off, they're used to this type of shit. Their their job gets their job security gets questioned constantly every time, right? Like, okay, well, this is that. Like this, it sucks. Katie came out and said, I want, you know, both those guys gotta go. Sean Marks and Steve Nash gotta go for me to stay. And you know what? If you're Nash. You kind of, you know, Joe Sy back and you, you kind of feel more, more like, well, fuck it. I'm the man now, you know, almost like that. That's not, that, that has not seemed to be his personality and how he handles things. I think he's very good with, uh, his high level of emotional IQ. I think he's solid with that stuff. But I think if you're Steve Nash, you just play it like you normally do. Just keep going about business. And I think we're, we're losing sight sometimes of the, uh, we're going too far with like, oh, how's Steve Nash going to coach him? Same way he coached it's, him last you know, year. KD, do short you. Memories. Like, it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Mo, but like, you've been, like, you've been around teams. There's blow ups. They last, you know, we're, we're, we're angry at each other for 10 days and then, yeah, okay. And it's like, it's like, hey, I, you know, it, basically all it takes is like, you know, Steve, how's it going? You know, I just, you know, I just said that because I was trying to, you know, move things along. No, no harm done. Yeah, just business. It's business. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and it's like, okay, cool. Let's 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 go. Like we, you know, we they start eight and two. No one cares anymore. <laughs> Not even that. Like let's let's even do this. Like because we just go back to the Phil Jackson Kobe Bryant relationship. Right, they win three championships with Shaq. They the the lose to the Pistons. Jackson leaves, writes a book, blasts Kobe in this book, like literally blows Kobe up in this book. You you would just think by that every time the the conversation then is like, well, that relationship's ended. That that's done. Okay, fine. Phil Jackson comes back. They go to the three more finals, win two of them. Like it's it's, it's not a uh, uh, we 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 look at it like these things are are something you can't fix at all. I feel like player coach is easier to fix than player player and and grudges that are held there. Like I think the Lakers have a heart will have a more difficult time mending the fences between Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly. That's been going on for ten years. It was the 2013 playoffs, so maybe nine. My math's wrong. Nine years of that kind of beef that's been going, and they've been snipping back and forth at each other on Twitter and dumb little things like that versus something that KD said, what was it, like three weeks ago? Like, it's not even that big of a deal. Like, I feel like this easier for the Nets to fix this versus the Lakers having to fix the rift between Beverly and Westbrook if they don't trade Westbrook. Can we talk about the Nets on the court? Because they made they made some changes, right? Like, I mean, the, how do you guys feel about this team? I mean, Ben Simmons being the big question mark on the court to me. Like, is he going to be healthy to play? Um, I'm assuming Kyrie's going to play, you know, at least 50 him. games, 60 games. I mean, sure, but it's easier said than done. They have, like, one dance partner. Do we, I mean, you know, reunite Russ and KD? I, I don't think that that's going to happen. 
So, um, what do you guys? What do you guys think they're going to do? Like, this is not a top four team in the East to me, right? I think are you guys there I with think me? There are. I think Boston and Milwaukee go into the season, you know, on a line above everyone else, depending on like Simmons' health and like what kind of state of Kyrie's approach to the game you get, and you know, other like minor other things like TJ Warren's health, blah blah blah. Um, if you wanted to put them in the mix with like a Philly and a Miami. Th- yeah. That's my the, – the battle for three, four, and five. I think I have them there. Well, but I, I have them rated a little bit lower. Uh, and part of that is because of how so many games their guys are going to miss I mean, it, during it, the season. This question determined – it swings a little bit on – I was talking about this with Eric Name uh, uh, yesterday, I guess. And this swings a little bit on, you know, are we talking about where do we think they're finishing the standings or who's a bigger threat to go to the finals? And I think – yeah, yeah. I mean – in the standings, right? Like, because now once they get to the playoffs, it's a different ball game, but home court advantage is a factor. And I do think that the Nets in particular could, could use that kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think Philly's going to be better. I I expect Miami Miami to be better. Early afternoon road game. I don't, to be honest, I don't know if Miami is going to be that much better. Losing PJ Tucker haven't really filled the void at all in that sense. I don't know. Like we're hoping on a lot of things there and, and, you know, maybe Tyler hero actually plays defense or whatnot, but you know, there's uh, (laughs) a lot of players for, for Miami and he's going to the playoffs and he didn't like feature much like Caleb Martin. Yeah. Like Caleb Martin. Yeah, I don't. They played Victor Oladipo I, over yes, Caleb Martin nuts, in the playoffs. But it's it just like, you know, get sized athleticism on the wing with a little shooting. Like, you know, they were an old, slow team for the most part last year. And or if they or depending on who's in the game, they were a young, slow team. But they were slow. And like the guy who actually brings some pop. So, yeah. Nothing worse yeah. than being a young, no. slow team, too. That hurts. It, but, but back to the Nets, yeah. I actually think they're a very interesting team. Because there's, they have the most variance. I think they can probably be up there as a, a, a top three, top four team in the East if they hit the ceiling, right? And and you know it, it it can go either way. It can go complete disaster. They start out two and eight, and Katie's going like, nope, get me out of here. Trade the man back on. Kyrie going completely nuts. Ben Simmons disappearing or. Kyrie comes in going contract year. Nobody wanted me last year in a sign and trade. I really have to go out here and ball all season long and 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 fool everybody into giving me that massive contract I want next year. And Ben Simmons coming out going like I, I've I haven't played basketball for a year. I've heard all the, the the whispers and everything out there. I need to go out there and show everybody why I was an all NBA player a couple of years ago. And KD, you get in seventy games from KD, and you're different scenario that's that right there is 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 something you're, you're looking at they get joe harris back hopefully healthy tj warren if he can give him anything off the bench seth curry patty mills they got some interesting pieces there it's just such a variance where it's like god damn i can't predict any of this well and then the other big question mark is joe harris because if he's healthy that that's a whole different ball game i mean they have a lot of shooting theoretically especially with joe yeah. harris but it's also Six, six, seven, six, eight. Joe Harris, like what, or six, six, whatever size on the He's wing. Big. Just having that, you know, Royce O'Neal having that was their problem last year. When you after the trade and you looked at the roster, it was 
all their wings were small. They were, they were playing three guards and then KD and Nick Claxton. It was like, or KD and Bruce Brown. I was like, going to say, Bruce small, Brown, like, please, please go guard this guy, the 6'9". Yeah, so I mean, like, I think there's an element of, like, I just, when people ask me what are the Nets going to be, I'm like, man, that team is going to be very high variance, and that's me using a Seth term. Um, but, like, that's a... a a team I look at going like, man, I'll be, I'll be very curious. I'm excited to watch I mean, them this, just because I want to see what the hell is going to like, happen. Why I, I liked the trade for them when they made it is like you start with a front court of KD and Ben Simmons. That's all of a sudden a very interesting defensive foundation. And if they can get to that with, you know, Simmons doing Ben Simmons things on offense, pushing the pace, being a being a, a connector who plays on the move instead of having it be a guy who stands on the perimeter and throws the ball into a post player and occasionally makes a cut in a very inventive offense. Um, I you, you see what you see what there is like the outline of something there. Just getting to that is so fraught. Yeah. I mean, and, and Cla- I think Claxton is also, uh, Claxton and Simmons is going to be interesting defensively. I, I, I mean, a, a chance to be like a really interesting defensive front court. You know, I mean, like, again, it's just, what are we going to get from Ben Simmons? It's it's really just the million dollar, billion dollar question. I don't know how much money he makes. Um, it, it, you know, it's it's a big question there that you're going to have to figure out. And and I think that's the the big piece for it. Can can these three guys all play sixty five plus games? Like that's the question. Can Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and and Kevin Durant all play sixty five or more games? And I think that's the question for the upcoming season. The, obviously, the more games they play, the better they're going to perform. But the more can they play sixty five games? Then, like the total games they play is the games they play together. I think that like for a team with as you know as as sort of not perfectly more overlapping than fitting talent that the Nets have kind of happened to have over the couple of years. Like having that, okay, if if they played 60 games, each played 60 games, but they're all the same 60 games, that's much, I think that's better than them playing, you know, 70 games, but not, but only like 40 of them, math, math, math. Yeah, that works. Only 40 of them together. Yeah, I, I think the the thing I would look at first is like Kyrie wasn't out because of injuries last year. Right. Right. Like, so there's, there's that, that whole fiasco. Ben Simmons, the whole thing hold out to the, to the back stuff, but the year before healthy, right. It's, it's really KD. Can KD stay healthy? And last year was the freak injury with, I think it was Bruce Brown falling into his knee. It's, it's, you know, you're, you're hopeful that these guys can stay healthy and stay out of that. If they're all healthy and they're all playing together and it's somewhat harmonious, Stacking this is a, a team that's ifs. at least top five in the East. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the problem. It's a lot of ifs. You know, you gotta you gotta look at. But I right. could see it, right? Like this is that variance thing. You guys got anything else before we close I mean, the books just, on summer? We're just waiting for uh, one and a half more things, basically, which is you know Donovan Mitchell and. The disposition of, of oh the, yeah, the disposition of Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Like, from a comedy standpoint, I'm hoping he starts the season on the Lakers, just because like that's going to be, I will, like, it, at a certain, yeah, I will be there day one. <laughs> <laughs> Put in my media request for media day. Like I want to see all of this. 
I just want them to take team photos. That's it. Just uh, team photos, and then he can be and trained. Now a fun one. I just need to see the team they, photos. They square up to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Now act like you want to kill somebody. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week, folks. Thank you guys for listening to the Athletic NBA show. For Moda Kill and Seth Partnow, I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been Nerder. She wrote. Nerder.